Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't get away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he'd like to use the word fruition in the article, it's Arturo Zurita. I just want a couple of hours of sleep, that's what I want after this week, but I'm happy to be talking all of the best movies out of Sundance. Uh, we had a break last year. Mm-hmm. Back together this year? Yeah. Sort of a break. A break from the travel, but yeah, not a break from the fest. Not a break from the fest, yeah, but yeah. Uh, back together with it to, to talk about all the best ones. Yeah, yeah, back together with someone who'd like to be named Denise. We also got Amanda the Jedi joining us. What up? Thanks for having me. <laughs> how's, your, how's your sleep feeling after uh, a, a week plus of doing this? It's been all over the place. And for some reason, um, instead of just adjusting to the time change, I've just been getting up earlier and earlier every yeah. morning. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. I feel like when I get back to the East Coast, I'm just going to be waking up at 3 in the morning there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> just start the day bright and early. Get to it. Uh, we are almost through with the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. It's Thursday. I think we got technically three more days. And tomorrow they are announcing the big award. So we'll, we'll get into our predictions, at least for that, in a little bit. Uh, but we are going to talk about our top ten favorite films from the 2022 Sundance Film Festival. A lot of really good movies this year. I was, mm-hmm. I was very, We had a lot of expectations when they released the lineup, and there were a lot mm-hmm. of delicious-looking movies on the slate, but yeah. I think it really delivered. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I've been saying that, like, just this past year, uh, it's been hard to find certain movies that, like, really hit for me emotionally, mm-hmm. and it was starting to bother me emotionally, and then... This year, like this Sundance, there's so many real standout ones that like hit to the point that sometimes I would feel emotional about feeling emotional <laughs> in the best, in a good way, in a good way. Really excited, real mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, um, I kind of felt like maybe I wasn't. There weren't necessarily the highest of highs that I've sometimes felt with Sundance, but the mm-hmm. quality consistent yeah. was yeah. awesome this year. Yeah, I absolutely. there were only maybe like less than five films that I actively disenjoyed. I had three. But yeah, like, but even then, there was still like good qualities to them. So I'd say that this would—I don't think it was a bad year. And I wonder if you guys think that last year, when it was only going to be streaming, do you think that affected that lineup? And this being one that was supposed to be theatrical, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Is there a difference just because we saw them at home. I mean, we had a unique circumstance in that we got to see them in a pretty cool setup we here. Did. But you don't have it with that group of people. Yeah. And I think yeah. that having that group of people come out of the echoes, would mm-hmm. you have no, the- a parallel universe where the praise for one movie uh, yeah. isn't had, or maybe it is, and vice versa, for just sure. because of that? I mean, five minutes into Haunt for Jesus Save Your Soul, I turned to you and I was like, now imagine this in the echoes. Because yeah. there were just been those ripples of laughter yeah. through the auditorium, and maybe that hurt some of the funnier films, or maybe, you know, not being in that collective experience changes how you emotionally react to some stuff. Yeah, I still sure. felt like I was able to really engage with these movies. I, I think maybe the quality consistency was so high because so many people were excited for this to be a normal-ish Sundance mm-hmm. and you know maybe we, we lucked ourselves into a really good festival despite the fact that uh, there was no in-person stuff happening. You think it was a better lineup than last year? A little... You? I think more throughout. I'm not saying that maybe you know there were movies from last year that I yeah. loved even more. I think yeah, that's I would say that there's movies last year individually that were probably at least better than some of the ones I saw here. But I think like collectively, yeah. this was a better. It was good. I have a lot of four stars. Like, yeah, yeah. My top ten is just yeah. having to pit it somewhere mm-hmm. between the fours and then take whatever's yeah. up there. So exactly, it, it wasn't not a bad year at all. Yeah, a lot of really good stuff. 
so in a little bit, we will start those top ten lists. want to remind everybody that if you're listening, make sure to uh, check out the audio podcast, Intercut Pod, on whatever podcatcher you use, or subscribe to the video feed on Intercut Pod, or youtube.com slash Intercut Pod. Yes, uh, follow us on social media at Intercut Pod, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's Intercut Pod on Patreon, we're Intercut Pod. You can find our Discord in the links in the description below. Uh, a whole bunch of ways to keep up with us, interact with us, and if you have for following us on Twitter, following us on Letterboxd, you know a lot of our reactions to some of these movies already, but uh, I'm excited to clarify (laughs) them, get into what is actually in the top ten. Do you both have your lists ready? Yeah, I somehow uh, honk for Jesus, I wasn't on my Letterboxd for some reason, so I just had to move it in, and now I've bopped something off of my list. That's that's where we are. (laughs) Exactly, that's the thing, is like, you're you're dealing with so many uh, movies, I find it hard to just even maintain the Letterboxd sometimes. Yeah, like I had rated it, Mm -hmm. I just didn't make it onto the list for some reason. Reason, yeah. and I was just like, it's not here. <laughs> uh, we watched Resurrection, and I, I really liked Resurrection, spoiler for later, mm. but uh, I was kind of sitting on it because I wanted to write a review on Letterboxd, and then I waited a day, and it's like, oh god, I've, I have to remember <laughs> the seven movies and how I felt and what order I watched them in. Um, but, okay, why don't we get this kicked off with Art? What is your number 10 best movie from Sundance 2022? Uh, it was from one that I'm actually hoping gets a pretty big win, or I just feel it's inevitably going to get a big win, and it already has one because it got picked up by Apple, and Apple picked up a movie last Ooh. year that might make it all the way to the Oscars. Ooh. Cha-Cha Real Smooth may have that as well. Uh, this is the second soft, so the sophomore film from yeah. what's her boy's name? Cooper, Cooper Ray. Ray. Cooper Ray. He won the South by big one, mm-hmm. and now he's looking to win the Sundance big one, mm-hmm. and I actually like this one a lot more than his previous one, and where he was talking about what it was like for him to be in college and really loving his mom. Well, now he's outside of college and trying to make it on his own, and still really loving his mom. Uh, I don't want to be talking about this one a little bit more, so that yeah. just put that as my number 10. I think it's one that's going to appear on all of our lists. Yeah, um, I, I left it off my list, but not, not because yeah. I didn't really like it. He just liked it the least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's in my honorable mention, so I'm glad. I, I knew that somebody would pick up the Cha-Cha Real Smooth slack oh, yeah, from me. Yeah, we got it. We got it covered. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, why don't you let us know what your number 10 movie is? Uh, this one I've been, like, tossing around a bunch. Um... But uh, I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to swap. I'm going to go Emergency, actually. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Emergency was the first one I saw. I saw it backwards. They were halfway finished it when I got in from from Canada. So I got to watch the second half, then the first half. But... uh, I really liked it. Um, it's one of those ones that's dealing with like a like a really serious topic, but kind of uh, approaching it. I think as Art's been saying, from like the super bad mm-hmm. side of things, more just like the comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a, a nice ending in some ways, but then it has one of those like these are lingering effects of things that once something like this happens to you, like you're never gonna get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's got it's one of those ones. It's, it's packing the message, but then it's also just kind of like a like a fun a fun watch. Yeah, absolutely. Great soundtrack too. Yeah, great soundtrack. Um, I something moved around on my list and I'm confused because I have something here that I didn't think I had. Yeah, um, but yeah, Emergency is a really good movie. I think I think yeah. um, one thing we talked about is how it, when when we saw it together is maybe the way that it forecasts its racial dynamics mm. uh, kind of you know tell you where the plot's gonna go. But once it actually gets there, it feels like emotionally authentic. And it it feels like those moments are real and not yeah. necessarily just there to manipulate you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. from yeah. R.J. Siler, because as we all know, <laughs> yeah, he's a star. He's a he's a pretty entertaining. He's a pretty entertaining actor. Yeah, yeah Wait, for what sure. Was he in several movies, Go-Bots? such as uh, Power Rangers, the uh, Sundance Voltron? winning 
uh, me and Earl and the dying girl, and of course this year's emergency. Yeah, he's good. He's good. We're joking. We're joking. Yeah, we like we really like RJ a lot. Although yeah. uh, we were debating what it means to be a celebrity, and Art's very firm on it. And I was like, I RJ's wanted to it. give him the underrated tag, but I guess not. <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna go with a film at nine, my number ten. That I think we were debating whether or not it would get onto any of our mm. uh, lists. Uh, as Surprisingly, as, it's it's kind of surprised me getting as far as it did. I'm gonna put uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, a film that I think from the second that we saw it in the lineup, we've been dismissing it <laughs> as like, oh, this is just gonna be some fluff. This yeah. is gonna be like, it'll be entertaining, but it'll yeah. be you know, inconsequential. Yeah. So they're just using the excuse to be in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they make so much of it. It's this awesome yeah. two-hander with Emma Thompson uh, and, and is it uh, Daryl McCormack who plays Leo Grande? I'm actually not familiar with yeah, the actor. It is, yeah. um, they are both just so good opposite each other mm-hmm. in the situation where it's a a, uh, a woman who's hired an escort and they're sort of feeling each other out in, in both like metaphorical and literal ways mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and the the ways in which they kind of uh, explore the depths of their characters just remain engaging and interesting and thoughtful I think they have a lot of empathy for these uh, yeah. characters and it, it, it's it play you know I feel like anytime that you're set in a limited location like this, it's like, it feels like a play, but I would love mm. to have seen something like this yeah. on stage too. Um, Emma Thompson is just so, so good. And and this is like the kind of role you really love for her to be in, where it just allows her to show her emotional range and how funny she can be. It's really entertaining and, and probably going to be the movie that I feel most at uh, most at ease recommending to just mm-hmm. an average movie goer, right? Which is crazy to think that it's her sex movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, very, the, this really is the recommending one. the Amazon uh, sex <laughs> movie this year, Mom and Dad. Like, yeah, have fun. So they're going to watch it and be like, that was great. <laughs> they might like it a little bit a too little, much. much. So you start wondering, but, nah, she, was, she was badass in this movie. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that she's really had that corner down when it comes mm-hmm. to these big Sundance premieres like she did with Late Night and now with this. And I'm hoping this gets a later in the year release because it's one of my favorite honorable mentions. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're at, we're in, you're number nine. My number nine is one that's also going to be higher on one of our lists over here. And somebody else I think just hated this one, but Am I Okay? I thought was a pretty <laughs> decent movie. Uh, this is one that's coming from an actual couple, Tig, and I don't know her wife's name, her partner's name, but Stephanie? I know that they... Yeah, directed, Stephanie Elaine. Yeah, they directed this one together, and it's supposed to have that type of autobiographical feel in where these two friends who have always kind of been on each other's side end up splitting, not just in terms of one literally leaving, but one having an entire epiphany on her life. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I loved the entire ride that we had with them and all the different characters that we meet, the ups and downs, but... I know someone loved it yeah, even more. Yeah, we're so. going like this on our list somehow. <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, I definitely think we're going to get to MOK a little bit later. We, we do have the same list, just like you just inverted. inverted, yeah. Um, Amanda, what do you have at number nine? Uh, my number two. Shockingly, <laughs> shockingly, it's the Kanye doc. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me about it. Uh, I, I'm just glad it's in your top ten. Yeah, I... I now, I like Kanye's music. I'm not, like, a, a, an Uber fan or anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think, you know, I'm Team Taylor Swift, you know? Like, he, Jeez, in the he stole her moment. But, <laughs> but uh, no, like, it was really interesting. I, I kind of vaguely knew that he had started, like, as a producer, and it took mm-hmm. him a while to build yep. into it. But to actually see the struggle of, like, making the beat for H to the Izzo and then still having people just completely disregarding mm-hmm. what you're doing and your skills and your talent and then that like unwavering 
desire uh, to just keep pushing uh, to get what you want from the company that you want it from specifically mm -hmm. like wanting Rockefeller you know and, mm -hmm. uh, and then eventually getting it um, I don't think the three parts is going to be long enough because that's the thing it's a three part docuseries we got the first part um, and he hasn't even released his album yet <laughs> we've gotten like we've gotten like the Jesus Walks beats we've gotten like a couple of different highlights from his career but like he's in the process of making yeah. the album right now as mm -hmm. this first part ends so it's going to be interesting to see how they break it all down and I don't know if it's because this documentary team only has so much content so nah, recorded they early so they have so they, much they have everything with them since yeah. were they with them had they, were they still with them yeah uh, then yeah I have no idea how they're doing this in three it, bars I have no idea yeah. final Kanye, part's gonna be like nine hours long it should be <laughs> Kanye does come out and he says that there's a seven and a half hour doc in the works he says that in a clip that's supposed to be 2020 from what we know it's Four, four and hours and something, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, under five. So clearly, there's a longer cut out there that Kanye yeah. has seen. There's a cut that he wants to have, and then yeah. there's still all the hours of footage that I believe can make uh, for an individual behind-the-scenes look at each project that he's yeah. had. That's why we're so surprised because I love the intro. Yeah. Um, I don't see how you're gonna fit the rest in the next three hours. Yeah, I don't get it. No. Yeah. All right, let's go to my number nine, which was a, a documentary that started to pick up some buzz as it went along, so we caught up with it, and I'm, I'm really, really glad we did. It's Aftershock. Uh, it really, really amazingly put together documentary. You know, I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily like a structurally innovative documentary in terms mm. of, like, it, it's not revolutionizing the form, but in terms of the content, it is so uh, moving. It, it, it's so effective in getting its message across and in spreading the the in spreading knowledge of this epidemic that we have amongst um, mothers and particularly black mothers. Uh, it, it, it's just. I found it really moving and comprehensive in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting. You yeah. know, there, there are issue documentaries all over the festival, and you watch a lot of them, and some affect you more than others. I think one thing that Aftershock does really well is they keep finding new aspects in which... Uh, this problem has been mm -hmm. neglected or whatever and they it, it's not necessarily repeating the same thing over and over again but it's it's giving you that full view yeah. of the situation plus all these really moving testimonies I, I thought it was one of the more remarkable documentaries I saw this year at Sundance I agree I have four that made my top ten list four yeah. docs that and Splinters were in my honorable mentions yeah. Aftershock is really good like you said I would compare it a lot to Who We Are which is playing at theaters right now if I'm not mm. mistaken out of South By and where it's just a whole lineage of what happened here that that happened here that puts you in the position that you're in today and yeah. Th yeah. there were some testimonies in that that just i'm bummed i missed this one i, I was working while they watched footage, it yeah. um real bummed because yeah. it's uh i know that it would make me angry but like in a good way right <laughs> like in an important it, it's way. the kind of documentary where you kind of feel like better to have this information yeah and, yeah yeah um hopefully you catch up with it soon yeah i definitely will very well handled all right, I think we're at your number eight. You had Leo Ronde? I did have Leo I have Ronde. Lenore, not dying. Okay, Lenore cool. Lenore will never die. One of the first ones we were able to catch mm -hmm. on the fest, uh, a movie from the Philippines that I was really excited for because it's about this woman named Lenore who's writing this type of action Filipino uh, story that I know is very much inspired on an actual mm -hmm. action star from the land, but... Uh, she doesn't know how to finish the story, and then one day, accidentally gets bumped on the head by a TV, ends up in the story. So now you have the movie ratio that we're seeing, and then you also have the like four by three old school action flick that yeah. she's stuck in as she's trying to write out what the story is. Um, I really love this movie. I know we're going to discuss it a little bit more, but for me, it, it just hit 
what all of these big studio blockbusters have been calling meta is really just been an excuse to do the same thing over and over again. Yep. This is a true movie who said, what if we just did something different at this point in time in the movie and actually does it? Uh, I think it's adorable. I think it's cute, but it doesn't... I don't want that to negate of the yeah, fact that I think it's a very... It. Yeah, that it's a very smart movie as yeah. well. Uh, I very much enjoyed this one. One of the other ones in the fast one that I'm still thinking about towards the end. That poster that you have is cool, but there's an even better one out there, dude. I haven't seen the better poster. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find it. I'll yeah. send it to you. Oh, nice. Yeah, this, this is one of the ones from the festival that I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, it, it's high up in my honorable mentions. Actually, when I was just fumbling for my number yeah. 10, I was like, oh, do I don't Leonor? Um, I, I just love how playful it is. I love how inventive it is. Uh, there's things that happen in the latter half of that movie that just, like, force the hugest smile on my Aww. face. So... Uh, I'm really glad that you put it on yeah, your list. That's it's, one I have to catch up with. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, really someone great. had said that. Uh, <laughs> don't don't quote me on this, but quote me on it because it's kind of funny. They said that it, since you couldn't see it in the Philippines, they were pushing for a VPN for you to use it <laughs> for Sundays, and that's dope. Oh man! Uh, but I love Lenore, uh, and I think the whole team did a fantastic job with it. Uh, shout out to Wiley Todd with a super chat saying that Cha Cha Real Smooth is his favorite movie from Sundance oh, by hey. Beautiful. Never related to a movie more than this. We already had Cha Cha Real Smooth mentioned once, and we will have it mentioned again a little bit later. But first, Amanda, what is your number eight? Um, my number eight. I'm gonna go with Resurrection. Let's Ooh, go. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. I'm not sure if that made it. it it'll be yeah. up on my list high. Yeah. Oh, so we got a three right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's on all three. All right, yeah. cool. So we can yeah, get we into can, that in a yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait on that one, but. Stay tuned. I think we're at my number eight then. Yes. Uh, we, oh, which is also Resurrection. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> Ask me. Ask me. What's your number, <laughs> number seven? seven? Resurrection. All right. Yay! Let's get into it. So we all clearly felt the same way yeah. around it in the mm -hmm. same position. Yeah. Uh, I would say two things about this movie. It is, in the premiere section, very much could have been a midnight movie of a woman who doesn't know why she's seeing a familiar face that's following her from her past. <laughs> but it's also a movie that is fighting for my top performance at Sundance. Yeah. There is another actress that has her mm. beat, I think, but this other actress did not have a damn 10 minute yeah, nearly ten. monologue. Yeah, Unreal. Monologue. Yeah, uh, Rebecca Hall is just unreal in this movie. I mean, I, I wrote in my letterbox review that her performance is better than any that's going to get nominated for an Oscar next month. Oh, <laughs> um, as a Kristen Stewart stan, I feel inclined to agree. Yeah, like, it's really, really so good. good. It's, it's fantastic. I, yeah. She carries you through this movie. I think you kind of feel that trauma with her and also yeah. just her determination in different points of this movie. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> there's, a mo it's, there's a point very early in the film where... Something happens, and her reaction to it is, is there's no words, but you know everything yeah. you need to in that moment. Yeah. And it's so thrilling and mysterious. And just for me, that was a moment that I was pulled right into the movie. I And it never let go of me from there. Yeah. I, I was cackling by the last little action yeah. confrontation. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah, and I think another thing is that a lot of times in movies like this, it, it tries to keep you going under the, like, what it could what could be happening. But this is one of those ones that somehow, like, the more you find out, the more horrifying it gets. Like, yeah. every little piece of information, you're just kind of like, are you... Yeah. Oh my! And then you understand exactly why she's in the position she's in, even though she shouldn't be anymore, because that's how this type of treatment affects you. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it's insane. Crazy good performance. Just, uh, yeah, it's, it's and it. I don't do well sometimes with um. I was kind of worried that they were going to make it uh, like a thing where he gets a little bit too. 
not a payoff moment, something that right. would just get so like frustrating that you want to scream. They towed that line mm-hmm. perfectly. Mm-hmm. It never goes too far. It never doesn't go far enough. Like they really mm-hmm. have it dialed in for like audience being able to tolerate what's happening. Yeah, I think it's a very well-crafted movie. I think mm-hmm. there's some people who are dismissing just, just how well-crafted of a thriller it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the combination with her performance, it's it's and so interesting. Tim Roth, yeah, Tim Roth, Roth is too. crazy. It is psychotic. Yeah. Did y'all catch um, the other one that she did a couple of Sundances ago? Uh, Nighthouse. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, you you told me it's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah. That, I caught that in a snowstorm. <laughs> what do you, ooh, that's a perfect place <laughs> yeah, to catch I know, that. Right? Which one do you prefer? I haven't watched Nighthouse since the 2020 Sundance, but I think I'm leaning towards this one. I'm leaning towards this yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think Nighthouse is a really nice psychological horror, mm-hmm. and she's clearly been on that path for a bit. Even last year, directing Passing. She's passing. Uh, That's, but like, I yeah. thought this was a, a standout for her. She's on a Sundance past. run. She's yeah, on a she's really great doing run, great, so. yeah. Yeah, uh, Ricky also agrees that the nice house is. Oh, the nice cool. house, yeah, and I think this one's better. So. Yeah, I think so too. Big ups for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we are at Amanda's number seven. Mm-hmm. My number seven, uh, honk if you love Jesus. Honk okay. for Jesus, save your soul. Sorry, honk for Jesus, save your soul. <laughs> you can also honk if you, if you Jesus. love Jesus. I don't, too. I can't just, um, <laughs> this is one that I just threw this in here really fast. It would actually probably, I don't know if it'd actually be this high up now that I'm thinking about it, but uh-huh. it's still, I would say it's still in my top 10. Yeah. Just because like really great performances out of mm-hmm. this one too. Um, it, it basically deals with uh, not just evangelical, it's like the televangelists, mm-hmm. like the the for-profit churches, the ones that are like, I'm going to show you that I'm wearing a Prada suit, and you're going to be happy hey. that I have the Prada suit. Was, was it pastel? Yeah. Was it cream? Pestos? Uh, the, the, the Pearl Prada. The Pearl Prada. The Pearl Prada. The Pearl Prada. The jets, the cars, <laughs> all that, and, and flaunting it. Uh, in a way that doesn't make them feel ashamed to be mm-hmm. flaunting it. Uh, and what happens when like, you get caught up in some kind of scandal that starts taking that away from you and how you try to maintain that lifestyle anyways. Um, I don't necessarily think it's breaking ground on anything that hasn't been covered before, but like the performances in it are just so solid uh, and just watching how people can like delude themselves <laughs> is always very yeah. fun. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, my... Ecam is being a little buggy here. Um, all right, so uh, do you also do you have Hong for Jesus on your list? Or I have is it a little bit higher. All okay. right, so we'll get to that in a second. Um, I will play around with this, and why don't we jump to your number six? My number six is a little documentary that I had really high expectations for, and there's not even real people in it. Or I will say there are real pe- people. They're just virtually there in a documentary called We Met in Virtual Reality. This is uh, something that took place, I think, in 2020 when he, uh, this director who's always worked in the VR space realized what better time than to film an entire movie in there. And we had seen the behind the scenes. His literal actual VR avatar has a camera that's pulls focus, he mm. changes lens, he shot the entire thing within the VR space. So he is actually the cinematographer for the movie because he shot it all within that reality. That. He then goes and he talks to these different couples and like we're, you're just, I think Zach had put it that it's like you're watching a regular doc. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could have done none of the virtual reality stuff, just filmed them all in live action. And it, and it would have been, been intriguing to see yeah, how they're each other. It would have been just as powerful because these stories are still really interesting and seeing the ways in which, you know, this community sort of comes together around virtual reality, I think is extremely powerful. We were learning ASL, we were watching some <laughs> courses that were happening, you're seeing somebody else uh, do a little striptease, you're seeing somebody else propose, all these things that are happening in VR, it's endless. And uh, it just got really interesting to like think about how 
you know, uh, it's going to affect people in the future because you even saw some people who could afford the motion capture suit. Mm. So you can see how they work differently in VR as opposed to somebody who clearly had a keyboard. They get the whole suits. So uh, they're, they're, they're ready player wanting it in there? Yeah, oh, but with the hip traction oh, and finger the traction. Oh, I didn't know they had it taste like and everything. Oh, you're set. God. Yeah, the belly dancing scenes. Uh, so Ugh. I find it really fascinating. Uh, I think the VR just selections, especially at, at a place like Sundance that uh, does a lot of that, uh, has really expanded because there were some crazy projects this year that made you feel like you were pregnant, that made you feel yeah. like you were running away. All these different projects that they had this year, but in terms of documentary, this was a beautiful blend of the two, mm-hmm. uh, and I highly, highly recommend it. And, you know, it's another one of those movies that, even though it doesn't necessarily feel like a very, it doesn't feel, feel very COVID-centric, it is mm-hmm. a COVID movie, and yeah. it, that's something that is a sort of underlying a lot of why mm-hmm. people are turning to yeah, spaces like this. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I think... You know, when you have these movies that feel like they could exist outside of the boundaries of COVID, but then also have that yep. as an element in there, it's really interesting. I actually had this in my number seven, so that's very convenient of you uh, to, to name it here. Uh, that was your number six? Uh, yeah. Yes. So then we're at Amanda's number six. Yeah, I'm, I'm bummed that I, I missed virtual reality. I should have been working downstairs when you guys were going to find out. Uh, so my number six is uh, Emily the Criminal. Yeah, okay. That That is definitely coming up later. But okay, yeah, it is Aubrey, delightful. It's delightful. Aubrey Plaza, right back at it again. Uh, can't get a job because of a, a felony on her, on her record, and this is just kind of her uh, figuring out uh, how to... Make it in a world when you literally can't get ahead. So, uh, yeah, we as well save the rest for when it comes up again. Yeah, for sure. Honorable mention on mine. Cool. Uh, so at my number three, a movie we just watched today. Number so three. I'm, oh, sorry, six. What am I, I'm just dividing for some reason yeah. in my head. Division. Um, <laughs> a movie we just... No, well, there's a reason I was thinking yeah, number three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> three minutes. Uh, three minutes of lengthening. We just caught this earlier today. I'm really glad we did. I thought it was a very beautiful portrait of a time and a place that is, you know, in many for many reasons lost. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a documentary about three minutes of footage, three minutes of footage that exists of this village in Poland. It's mm-hmm. uh, in 1938, so right, pri- right prior to a lot of the Nazi regime's extermination of Jews. And so, what you have here is kind of this, uh, like. Do, like like fragile moment in time on the precipice of danger yep. where all these people are are not yet aware of the the thing that's coming and what I think is so beautiful about this film is that it, it's 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 leaving a legacy of sorts for people who were unable to leave one right yeah. and I think that's one of the most powerful things that film can do yeah. is that it it captures a memory of a place of a people of a time and I think it's so beautifully done here and the way that they handle this archival footage the the care they take to restore it the uh, how meticulously they go to try and recreate elements of it from creating kind of like a, a panoramic view of the sh- scenes that are happening to the 3D models and stuff and uh, tracking down all the different survivors. I, I was honestly profoundly moved by this. I, I yeah. went and I took a minute in the room after we watched it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I thought this was a really beautiful film, a really beautiful documentary. I agree. The, between this, Riotsville... Mm-hmm. And I'm blanking on what the other third one would have been, uh, but just the use of archival footage and the way that they deep dig dig deep just to figure out what does that say in the back? Is it shop? Is it grocery? <laughs> what? Who is the person who owns this? And yeah, like you were saying, uh, the way that they treat the footage, having archival uh, what is it, 18, the one that's on Netflix right now that's trending. 
I we're seeing a resurgence of people just at least learning about film. Right. Uh, because yeah. that was one of the things that the documentary breaks down as well was how the specific Kodachrome that they were using was able to retain the information so that they were able to go back and uh, like do these panoramas for it. It reminded me a lot of um, Peter Jackson's uh, they shall not grow older. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that they were able yeah. to bring the footage to life and just uh, restore a lot yeah, of that. bring things back to it. So very interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, we are halfway through our list, so I think we should take a little break and maybe do a little bit of a drinking game. Okay. I, I came up with this. I was say go watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, so uh, last yeah, year when we did our Sundance coverage, we realized that you know when you watch. 50 movies in a week, you start to see a lot of recurring things, a lot of recurring ideas, That's elements like, repeating themselves. So we're going to go around and see who can, how long we can come up with parallels in Sundance movies. All right. And whoever loses, I guess, is is drinking? Sure. Is that how it works? Shoot. So winning. Yeah. No, no losers no in this No losers today. Yeah. We still drink anyway. So <laughs> exactly. All of us instinctually yeah. just take this step. So I will start us off extremely easy and point out that two Sundance films this year featured Regina Hall, Master and Hong for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I think that should be another rule that you have to main, n- uh, be able movies? to mention the films. Oh, I agree. Okay. Well, then to go on that, two have the last name Hall, and it's <laughs> Rebecca Hall in Resurrection and Regina Hall and Hong for Jesus, I'll take Save it. Your Soul. I'll take it. Our, hey. I guess that, that counts. We had two Dakota Johnson projects with her being in M.I.O.K. Was and there for you. being in Cha-Cha. My queen. All right. Uh, we're, we're starting to run low on the recurring actors because <laughs> there was another one that I was thinking of who's, who's in a couple... Oh. Uh, that one guy in that one thing. <laughs> no, uh, Nicole Bahari is in 892. Oh, yes, she is. Oh, yes. for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Yeah, yeah, she really is. Really only really good performances mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Um... Let's shift, let's shift to the uh, dynamic shot. There we go. <laughs> Your friend did makeup on Nanny. <laughs> Shouts to Lily Lee, a, ri- a rising force in makeup and art direction or whatever, hair. Two projects. <laughs> she did three. She did Nanny. Nanny? Yeah, wait, you have to mention Lily. I almost had you. I almost fucking had you. Fuck. Shit. You almost gave it her. I almost gave it to her. It was Nanny. Uh-huh. And then... Me around the dying girl. (laughs) (laughs) It was an emergency. Yeah, it was an emergency. You stopped telling me you were in the Earl and the Dying Girl. You just quit that. God damn it. You weren't even paying attention, and I was telling you, I was like, oh yeah, she did the makeup on Nanny and these three other ones. I almost had me. Oh, I almost had me. What movie did we watch when it came up? Nanny. It was Nanny. I think... No, no, no. It was after Nanny. Oh, it was Nanny. It was... Uh, so if it was after Nanny... Oh, God. This gets real hard after a while. This gets... Yeah, I see what you're doing over there. And my brain still is not... Oh, well, let me just look at my fucking Sundance list. We can just... We can just... We can... Nope. <laughs> this is not... This is not... I'm even forgetting the movies not, now. Call Jane! Jane! <laughs> It was the nanny we were watching, though. Yes. It was absolutely Wait, no, I don't think it was the nanny that we were watching. It was, because it was like, it was a, uh, maybe it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it was the nanny. Was it not the nanny that we were looking at? Yeah. Yeah, because I already got it. There was. Wasn't she on Resurrection? Was it Resurrection? I don't know. I think she was on Resurrection. Was it Resurrection? Okay. Okay, shouts to Lily Lee. Okay. Either way, yeah, there you go. 
Nailed it. We're, is it your pick? I'll take a My pick. Your doubles. Uh, a lot of movies with archival footage, three mm. minutes of lengthening, focus on that so much. Riots go focus on that so much. And you even had Tantura, uh, which didn't do it from the visual side, but from the audio side with a bunch of tapes. Really interesting the way they were able to construct construct those stories, not just for their narrative, but to kind of rediscover yeah. stories that were lost. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, there were three films that I saw that featured scenes that happened at protests. There was To the End, <laughs> where there was all the environmental protests. There was Neptune Frost, where they Word. were protesting. For sure, yeah, I know what you mean. And then there were sirens where there were protests of yeah. the of the government there. That's so, crazy, bro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got uh, stalkers. Okay. Watcher resurrection. Yeah. Damn, I had that as following. <laughs> well, uh, it's it's all about framing, and I like mine better. For sure. <laughs> uh, you know, people really loved their mothers. Cha Cha yeah, really, yeah, really, really, really loved his mom, and yeah. I mean, you cannot mention. Miss Donda West, and I uh, <laughs> know that that plays a crucial part as she rapped with her son. He has not been the same. Um, uh, both Girl Picture and We Met in Virtual Reality featured songs from Perfume Genius. Oh, yeah. From who? Classic. Perfume Genius. Yeah, of course. Um, lesbians. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, her- wait. <laughs> you see what we playing here? Heterosexuals. There was two movies that had straight people. LGBTQ plus representation. That's half the bus. That's half the bus. That's why I said lesbians. That's only three movies, and I named two of them. Uh, All right, what else you got? It was my turn? Yep. Uh, Chicago abortion movies. We had to call Jane if you wanted to see that through Elizabeth Banks, or if you're more of a doc person, they had footage in the (laughs) Jane's. Am I just gonna do like call Jane and the Janes both had Jane in the name? Like, no, we not, are we going that? Hey, mine was a little bit more of a connection right there. Um, the guy who, uh, the cinematographer for when you finish saving the world is the same as the cinematographer for After Yang. Oh, wow! Oh, no, you're right. Actually, uh, yeah. I I know things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say you did it. <laughs> So, I don't know if this is going to count. You can just opt out and drink. No, okay. <laughs> Emergency okay. and Resurrection both deal with things uh, uh, in, in a laboratory in science because her job is dealing with, like, it literally said she has some kind of, like, biology sampler job. But do we ever visit the laboratory in Resurrection? Do we see her wearing a lab coat? <laughs> I'm joking, we don't even. Okay, yeah, see, that doesn't count. See, I'll drink. I'll drink. All right, all right. I will raise your laboratory. <laughs> And say that there was two professors of color, women, in God's country, yeah, and yeah. master, who were dealing with buffoonery. Buffoonery. That that is somewhat specific. Absolutely. They handled it completely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one. I'll say that much. Yeah. There you go. Jeez. Oh, okay. Uh, we're getting down to it. We're. I can do this all day, guys. <laughs> I got eighty-seven more. Did you actually list these out? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, God. Uh, what do we have left, even? Dos estaciones? <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> uh, I'll give it to you. What, give give me one more draw. You, uh, wait. <laughs> I was gonna... Give me one more double to, to finish um, it up. I don't know. Do we have an actress thing? There were several movies that were shot in 16mm, which I found very enjoyable mm-hmm. this Call year. Jane, oddly enough, was one of them. Which is weird, because that did not look, look like it was shot in 16 at all. You had several movies that were shot in 4-3 ratios, which was really fun mm-hmm. to see, especially one because we tried fixing the projector screen, because yeah. Alina thought there was too much of a black bar. Yeah. Well, in 4-3, it's a box, so it's, it's nothing but black bars. Yeah. 
We also did have plenty of volcanoes, believe it or not. It wasn't just yeah, fire. Two surprise volcanoes. There were. In blood? Yeah. Oh, in blood there were volcanoes? Yeah, yeah, see yeah, it. it. And then we got a mention of one in Dos Estaciones. Yeah. So. Um, two movies had robots. What was the Yang and Living. And also, well, <laughs> reportedly, allegedly. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we saw Living. Brian and Charles had a robot. Brian and Charles had a robot. That's our joke. We saw all of Living, which is supposed to be an Akira Kurosawa remake. Uh, remake. And we swore for whatever reason, <laughs> not talking the to each other at all, that there was a robot in Living. That he Somebody was on Twitter said there was a robot in Living, and Art and I read it independent of each other. He's blocked. But it looks like, so he's a cyborg, right? Like, he's, yeah. there's something wrong? Like, we with his forced process? ourselves to believe every single time he was with a real doctor that that man must have been a Best Buy employee. I wake up the next morning, he's like, oh, yeah, you watch him reboot? Yeah, he just rebooted at the end. But no, that Living was a really good movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Brett Dyer was in After Yang and Fresh. You pointed him out. Yeah. Ooh. Brett Dyer? Oh, Alina noted that. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's more doubles. Uh, let us know if you have a cool Sundance double in the description down below, and and maybe we'll do like a like a gift card giveaway or something. To, Who can find the coolest double? Yeah. Well, oh, there was doubles. You know, there was in Duel. Yeah, that's true. And there then were doubles. There's doubles. <laughs> Technically, uh, I don't. Want, one's a kind of a spoiler, but yeah. I will say hatching, kind of to yeah. a degree. Yeah. So there's doubles in more than one movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So whoever comes up with the best Sundance double will do a, a twenty-five dollar Criterion gift card. Wow. Screw it. Hey. Screw it's you, I want it. What do I say? Yeah. <laughs> you, you already have a bunch. Sheesh. <laughs> You're going to be like scouring the liner notes for Damn. PA crossovers. Um, the PA? Yes. The caterer. <laughs> Letterbox stats help a lot for that. Yeah. Um, all right, so should we get back, back into the list and <laughs> to our top it. fives? I think yeah. I found two that were both selections at the 2022 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's get to it. What are we at? Uh, we're at your number five. Let me know. Uh, my number five is yet another doc, a movie that, the same way that you were talking about Aftershock, I felt this one hit in that sense of just a bunch of uh, history that has put a whole group down. This one's called Descendants, and it has mm-hmm. some of the wildest scenes that are caught in the document in a con- documentary this year because it is specifically about this town in Alabama where you still have descendants of the last ship that brought in slaves, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. That shit was brought in because it was a bet that a dude made saying, look, I know we abolished it, but I bet you 20 bucks I could get a ship in here. It builds up to be one of the craziest stories. Obviously, the levity is there. You don't, like, you know that. Yeah. But it is the scenarios that these descendants, not just of the people who were brought in the ship, but the people who made the ship and how they all come together, uh, that creates just some... Some crazy documentation, and uh, I think after watching this movie, and especially with a lot of the other ones, we were noticing just, uh, I guess you can call them landmarks, but pieces of land where you know that stuff needs to be dug up in order to mm. find a lot of history that was buried on purpose. Mm-hmm. But uh, now this one really, it's another, uh, I made a mark to send it. Another uh, double in Sundance. To Sundance, Tantura, yeah, Tantura, there's quite a yeah. We're going to come up with more for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, Descendant is really a remarkable documentary. Um, I'm excited for more people to, uh, to mm-hmm. catch that one as well. Amanda, what do you have at your number five? Girl Picture. Yeah. Which originally is called Girls, Girls, Girls. Much or better just, title. Yeah, better. or Girl, Girl, Girl. It's one of the two. Either way, way better title. Girl Picture is a terrible <laughs> title. It's bad. I'm telling you here now, change your movie title before you release it. Um, yeah. Uh, really good, though. This is kind of like a multi-layered, um, and this was my recommendation when we did the kind of like the no celebrity uh, one for the uh, after, is it called the after show? The after show is your thing called? Oh, Aftershock. Aftershock, yeah. Um, 
And this is like a coming of age story. So there's like three, uh, three girls who are kind of coming into themselves uh, and like their their sexuality and uh, just uh, life in general. You've got two of their best friends who have all these like really big aspirations while they're just kind of like working at a at a smoothie shop, which is fine. Uh, and then you've got this other girl who is dedicated like her entire life to being a figure skater, and she's like on track to being like a the national championship and and going to the Olympics and just kind of how that starts colliding with what you want to do in any given moment and what you feel like you should be doing and like mm -hmm. the obligations you've set out for yourself your entire life and how much of that you really want and um yeah just how that kind of blends in with other people and being afraid to love and just all sorts of like really cool uh like that post-adolescent coming of age vibe that mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of so yeah definitely recommend awesome yeah girl picture is one of the first movies that i caught from the festival and absolutely delightful i think mm -hmm. it's got that like just a very authentic feel yeah. to its friend group situation and the, the the situations that they're going through i think uh you know they have their their types but they're yeah. not caricatures yeah that's exactly it yeah, yeah. they feel like real people mm -hmm. they, and and um just just solid friendship like even when they get mad at each other bases moments where they, they can like people will explode and then like they really bring it back in and like apologize and um a lot of personal growth happens really good really enjoyed it for sure. All right, my number five is one that Amanda already brought up. I really liked Emily the Criminal, the return of Aubrey Plaza to Sundance, uh, and in kind of a different look for her. Yeah. I think she's perhaps intentionally sort of doing a little bit of a, a left career, showing yeah. a, a maybe more dramatic side. There's a, yeah. a little less makeup in this role, too. It's kind of like a thing that actresses end up doing, but I, you know, she's really, I, I think, making the most of this part in showing kind of like a more down-to-earth down type of character and somebody who gets caught, in, caught up into this um, underworld of credit card fraud and mm -hmm. finds that it kind of is her calling. I, I yeah. really like the the process of this movie, the way that it kind of breaks down her, her entry into this world yeah. and her growing familiarity and, and rising in power, kind of. I like a movie that gives you that build and that arc, and I think it kind of it all comes together in a really satisfying way. Just a really cool good street crime thriller, you know? Yeah. Do you think that this performance is better than something like she did in Black Bear? No. Black Bear... It's I, just different. It, it's mm -hmm. so different, and I think she's giving you so much in that movie. Yeah. That I, is I, like... Sorry to cut you no. off. And that just feels like that role was written for her. Mm -hmm. That was like, here's all the stuff people know you can do super well, but we're going to bring it to that next level. And then here's another entire range that we wouldn't necessarily have gotten you to do before when she gets to, like, the crying and, like, mm -hmm. to the point that it stressed her out. She was yeah. like, I am feeling dead after doing this um this is definitely more subdued but it still feels like her but it's a different range that you're not necessarily going to be familiar with with her but it's still like it's still like really solid performance <clears throat> yeah I, I think that black bear role is a really unique role and it, it maybe i like it a little bit more but this is like i think what's cool about uh emily the criminal is it's the type of role that i could see going to a lot of different people mm -hmm. and I, I think she made the most of it yeah you know remind me of uh buffalo yeah, okay, it's yeah, like yeah. a it's like a yeah. gritty buffalo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe not not quite as quirky and quirky fun. and yeah. making like a joke. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Your number four. My number four is another documentary. Ooh, Fire of Love though. This one's lava. Hey. We're talking lava here. There was a bunch of archival footage that this couple, who are volcanologists, went around the entire world and captured all of their adventures and their research. Uh, and this documentary is a compilation, not just of all of their discoveries and everything that they shot, which in and of itself is incredible. We yeah. talk about what you say. You always have the movie you just want to play in the back. 
Oh yeah, exactly. You could watch it with the sound off. It, the aesthetics just are awesome in this film, and mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I I felt like I was turned I turned into a six year old again watching <laughs> all the lava and the explosions, yeah. and the, you know, the the red volcanoes are definitely better yeah. than gray volcanoes. They literally <laughs> say Zach was out there like it was three D ready. To touch yeah. it. It, it looks beautiful, it sounds beautiful, yeah. uh, but it really is their love story. And yeah. It's really mm-hmm. crazy to see, you know, how they chase their passion and how one of them is really passionate about the passion and the other one's more passionate about their lover. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know, I thought it was a really crazy story. It reminded me a lot of Whirly Bird, which is another Sundance mm-hmm. pick that I uh, I think is fantastic. I put this up there on that same level uh, with these two and I know National Geographic picked it up so I believe that means it's a Disney plus Hulu push but if you have the chance to catch this in a theater I would yeah. highly recommend it they did say they were going to give it a theatrical rollout they should which give is it an really IMAX great. yeah I, w- I would be because it would be framed first in line no that they, like there's a lot of these docs where you're like not that they didn't know how to frame in the 60s but frame in the 60s Near the heat, mm-hmm. on the yeah. go, to make it look so beautiful is it's, insane. It's, it's, some of the compositions were just fantastic. Yeah, it is amazing. All the archival footage, like just just to look at the archival footage, would be enough. But I also think the documentary is really put yeah. together yeah. interestingly. It, was, it has yeah. this kind of uh, dreamlike atmosphere to it. I, I know we've we're conflicted on the Miranda July Bro, voiceover. I was about to say yeah. we were split down we were the middle split on. Down the middle. I really liked it. We had no problem with it. It's Miranda <laughs> July, director who did Kajillionaire not too many years ago. Uh, they wanted Werner. Werner Herzog, which surprisingly we ended up did getting a little bit of a Werner yeah. Herzog in uh, another movie. Yeah, yeah. He's not who I would have picked pre- either. Who would you have picked? I don't know. I actually don't know who I would have Just not somebody so Would sleepy. you have rather it not have been? Almost, yeah. Over? I almost wish it hadn't been narrated at all, maybe. Mm. Uh, she was fun if she said something that was really funny in the way she normally talks, because then yeah. it's just kind of like this deadpan delivery. She's very dry. Yeah, which is very fun, but it's just like, her. she's got a very quirky voice that I don't know if I would have paired to this movie but mm-hmm. like hey if it, it's working for some people so and I love her so like get at it queen yeah um, you had a number four it's my number four too I thought this was great this is my favorite documentary from the festival I, I th- I'm pretty sure it's going to end up on Oscar oh, shortlist oh, nice. or, yeah cool. Oscar shortlist or maybe even getting that nomination a year from now but nice. yeah, uh, yeah I liked it a lot I'm very excited to get a chance to watch it again but Amanda what's your number four you know I love a good rom-com so fresh is my number four. <laughs> I'll always enjoy a romantic comedy. The, the woes of the dating culture, is dating scene. It's such a struggle. The dating apps. You it get can eat the, you up. You get yeah, it can eat you up. It really can, you know. Uh, yeah, it's dick pics left and right, and just <laughs> it's you know, it's just cutthroat out there. Yeah, we do know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no. This is uh, this is the new Sebastian Stan and uh, Daisy Edgar Daisy, Jones. Yeah, Daisy Edgar Jones. Um, really great performances out of both of them. Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of either of them, this is not you. You don't have to feel bad standing for this. It's a worthy Stan. You don't um, have to stay. It's gonna be on Hulu. There you go. You can be on Hulu. It's good. In a month and or two. Yeah. yeah. Month and a half. This is this is one that based on what category it's in, some people might feel like it's too slow to begin with. But if mm-hmm. you go into it knowing that it's building you into something. Uh, and then it does have its moments where it really does get to that like over the top level and you'll get your violence, you'll get your horror, you'll get your quirky moments. So if you're someone like me who likes kind of like quirky horror comedies uh, and just are also okay with like rom-com style <laughs> things, not necessarily rom-com, but just kind of like comedies with romantic t- twinges, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to say this is yeah. like how to lose a guy in 10 days or something, <laughs> but like 
I think you'll like it. I had a really good time with it. A lot of people seem to be really enjoying it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to check it out again. I think I kind of had low expectations for this mm-hmm. one, and and it won me over. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's that's maybe the best thing you can say about a movie like this yeah. is that it, if you don't go in expecting good things and still enjoy it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so I said my number four is Fire of Love. Uh, Art, what is your number three? Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Oh, we're back there, okay. The premiere from The Evil Twins. It was very interesting because I kept, for for a while, I didn't think that they were actually twins. I thought one of them was fabricated. (laughs) Charlie Donald Kaufman's situation. I thought that's what was happening, but I don't know if it's the crediting or whatnot, but I know that the sisters had to split credits in terms of directing and and who produced and who wrote, but I I don't know. I had read that it was the both of them. Nonetheless, it is a mockumentary as... uh, uh, we were discussing in terms of this Southern Baptist church that ends up going to this whole scandal and while you're following uh, the two of them try to recoup their entire, uh, you know, what's it called? Fortune. The, yeah, their fellowship. Their oh, fellowship. fellowship. Yeah. yeah, that too. They fellowship, say, fortune. Yeah, yeah. Fellowship that's where the money comes from anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you you kind of see their dynamics kind of break down. Uh, they don't really spell a lot out to you, but I think you kind of pick up and what the scandal is that's happening oh, between the two of them. Yeah, it's very obvious. Um, but that's where Regina Hall, I think, really mm-hmm. shines. Mm-hmm. She has two performances this year. I know a lot of people love her in Master. I think she killed it in this performance. She's mm-hmm. so good. The entirety of it is made up of a, a, a short that was also called Hong for Jesus, Save Your Soul. And uh, it's that specific scene in the short that in the movie, I think, without a doubt, has garnered her one of my top favorite performances mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, it's literally the hunt for Jesus, save your soul. Yeah. Um, I thought she did a fantastic job in it. Like I was mentioning at the top of this recording, like we would have been rolling laughing to see this in, exactly. a, in a crowded theater. Yeah. It, it would have been such a delight. Yeah. Um, I think the movie maybe loses a little steam as it goes on, but yeah. it's still so interesting and uh, such an interesting character study. And like you mentioned, that, that Regina Hall performance is unreal here. So I don't like the mockumentary style of it. I thought it made they, they played with it, they mm-hmm. made fun yeah. of it, they addressed it, and yeah. then they kind of used it to their favor and also kind of broke it down. Yeah. And you'll see when you see the movie, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought mm-hmm. it was very well done. Yeah. yeah. What was it? Uh, y'all the stri- silent types or something? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, now you're talking? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Amanda, what is your number three? Uh, mine's After Yang. And Very I, cool. I don't know if that's higher on somebody's it is, list. Uh, my number two. Okay. Um, I'm really, this is one I really want to catch again um, for a lot of reasons, but I'm really big into movies that kind of look at like what it means to be human mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of that examination. Uh, and this is one of those movies. It's a, this is kind of like a world where you can, you can buy androids mm-hmm. um, and set them up and treat them like family or just kind of have them as like your babysitting my kid mm-hmm. or all this stuff. And so this main family's uh, android uh, malfunctions. Mm-hmm. And it's this whole movie is him trying to like, get it fixed and then kind of going through his memories and just trying to um, figure all of these different things out and piece together this person's life and realizing mm-hmm. that he was a person, uh, not just something that they like owned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really, really beautiful, really beautiful. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, how it has these memories and stuff like that. I think it does this really interesting thing in terms of how it's edited, mm-hmm. where it'll just sort of go in and out of moments without calling yeah. attention to itself. It, like it slips from scene to scene mm-hmm. in this very organic way that kind of kind of feels like recalling memories yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, it's very beautifully done just in terms of the the production of it. It was maybe my standout from the festival because it's shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. The, its vision of the future is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like uh, It's one of those films where 
there's all these little details and I would I would have been there for an entire movie about some of these little details <laughs> yeah, you know honestly. so it, I liked it a lot it's one that I'm excited to get a chance to revisit and really dive further into yeah. so that's why I had it at my number two um, but yeah that think that brings me to my number three. Yeah. Which I don't know if you have something in the dirt on your top list Man, as well. It was my number eleven. It was right there. Yeah. It comes right from the too. boys that we always discuss someone making the big jump to the Marvel side of things mm-hmm. and to still be able to come back and make that movie together. Uh, yeah. they've been together since day one practically. <laughs> and uh, this movie's the epitome of that. Yeah. I found Something in the Dirt to be a really, really satisfying, scrappy little sci-fi movie. Like, this is like a yeah. like a dude's rock sci-fi yeah. movie. Yeah, uh, much. The, these, It's so contained. This was their COVID movie, so it's just the two of them pretty much in this film. There's a couple other uh, people who are kind of inserted in, but, yeah. like, it's mainly these two guys who are writers, directors, producers, and stars in this apartment dealing with the sci-fi phenomena. And that's that's kind of their thing, right? Yeah. Like, two dudes find some weird shit and, just, yep. and yep. look into it. But it, it kind of, the way it takes you down all these different rabbit holes, all these yeah. weird, like, conspiracies, mm-hmm. and it gets into these existentialist ideas, I found to be really satisfying. Even though it maybe slows the pace of the film down mm-hmm. in the middle, I, it's the kind of tangents that I just really enjoy. And I think the writing of it is really strong. Uh, there's some elements where they kind of do some meta bits that work really well here and I I found it to be completely satisfying it was just entertaining from start to finish for Mm -hmm. me inventive unexpected this is the kind of movie that I I attend festivals like Sundance hoping to find absolutely yeah so I was really happy to have this here it's my number three that brings us to arts number two my number two would be... They're kind of tied, dude. It can go either way. <laughs> Y'all have already mentioned both of these. Uh, yeah. One's number one, one's number two. But really, one's my top narrative, one's my top documentary. I'm going with Genius, a Kanye part one, technically. Act one, which is Vision, which is interesting because it's Activision when you put it <laughs> together. Uh, absolutely adored it. I thought it was fantastic. I am concerned that the rest of it will not come up together. But really, the only negative I could give this is that I know Kanye came out and said he wants his final approval. Yeah. I mean, that's what's more Kanye than that. Right. But in terms of uh, Cootie and... uh, He kind of inserts himself into the dark. Maybe a little too much. Maybe a little bit too much. And that's what I kept asking myself, and that's the only thing that keeps it away from a beautiful five-star just on this part one. And again, also because it's only part one of three so far. But yeah, he does bring himself in, and right before you're going like, I ain't sign up for a cootie doc, uh, he leaves. Yeah. But then sometimes he does reinsert him, and I don't think it's too much to kill it, and we'll see how the whole thing comes together. But uh, that would be the only grip that I have for it thus far. If you are a Kanye fan... I mean, I think y'all already rated it. This thing has been at the top of the the list for the longest time. Mm -hmm. But even if you're not, I think that there is a lot in there just to see uh, an American artist's story and how they came to be. Mm -hmm. You know, he has become an icon for what, you know, you can't really deny him that. And it's really interesting to see the early stages of it. To see. Which is the same as it is now. I think that's one of the best parts yeah. of part one. Is they're going like, oh, he kind of has always been like this. For mm-hmm. people who yeah. lose it within the yeah. whole trajectory of where his life would go. And I think the fact that part one takes so much time on just mm-hmm. focusing before he even makes his album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's what allows it to work so well. It's great. And it, it's the deep dive that I think any Kanye nerd would Personal? want to see. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got... The cameos that you would love to see in this kind of, you know, the the 
scene with most death where they're rapping mm-hmm. to words yeah. acapella I mean, that's is unreal. Ad. That's the trailer that yeah. they pushed out. That's all they needed to get you know, out. That's it. Uh, Scarface showing up at the studio yeah. at the end. It, it you know gives you chills. Yeah, there's moments I don't want to spoil it that deals with All Falls Down, but I cannot believe that's how it went down. That, yeah. That's yeah. all I'll say. But yeah, I, I'm very excited to catch part one in theaters because I think that's the only thing they're going to showcase in theaters I want to see it there just to see the mix and what they do with the songs and how it was recording them but I know that they're doing a weekly rollout starting in February on Netflix and I hope they don't change it too much but if they need to I hope it's to make it longer yeah and to make exactly. the, the rest of it fit exactly yeah that, that we're, we all have that same concern mm-hmm. that like we we could watch something that goes this in depth to like basically every album yeah and then it would be a, a 12 part documentary yeah, exactly. not a 3 part one but you know what Jordan's is 10. Exactly, right? <laughs> there you go. No, I'm just saying. Uh, I left this one off of my top 10 because it's only the part one, but... Mm. I'm giving them what they're giving me, and that's what I'm yeah. going to do. I'm yeah, part yeah, one is that. It, it might have been my number one for me, if in a, under different circumstances. Gotcha. It's really, really great. Nice. Okay, Amanda, what is your number two? Am I okay? <laughs> my number two is Am I okay? Dakota Johnson, number one time. Uh... I don't. This is again one of these post-adolescent coming-of-age type stories. You got two best friends. One who really seems to have her shit together. She's top of her career, getting a chance to open a branch somewhere else. <laughs> and then you've got this other friend, uh, who's Dakota Johnson's character, who isn't fully codependent on her. But there's a lot of like they are they're they're very attached, close friends. Uh, and she is kind of coming into the realization that um, she is gay yeah. and has been trying, and she's like 32 and she's just been something she's been trying to push off until finally it's like, I can't ignore this anymore. So now I have to try to actually figure it out. But I, she's a very like nervous, more subdued type person. And it's just kind of working at coming out of her shell. Uh, there's some like really awkward moments of like what happens when you realize you're gay and you have to try to make those connections for the first time like who do you reach out to how do you deal with that um and it's just i don't know it was really charming it felt really innocent and then like at um at its core it really is just that relationship between the two friends it's a really just solid friend movie with two people kind of dealing with like different aspects of their life and how they like relate to one another and, and yeah i like yeah. it a lot it's very sweet very good cast in this one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really happy to see Jermaine Fowler and yeah. Christy Clemens oh, and Molly Gordon all yeah, show Molly, up. Yeah, oh my God, when Molly Gordon's <laughs> name popped up on the screen, our whole theater downstairs. Molly, Molly Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> uh, but Sonoya been in uh, Devs yeah, and yeah, Ex Machina. Yeah. I thought she was fantastic in this. I mean, yeah, she was. We've so, seen her like, literally oh play God. a humanoid. She has been in. Yeah, she literally played robots. Yeah. The performance that she puts in this one, I thought she had some really good banter going on mm-hmm. with yeah. uh, Dakota Johnson and. Like, it but gets, I clocked it right away. Yeah. I was like, "That's Dude, she's, not a good like." She's also in <laughs> La La, oh, in, yeah. in uh, La La Land. Yeah. Uh, with the dancing, so it's like yeah. just to see mm-hmm. how wide ranging. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's a very different. I think. I think we've seen. Uh, while, while Dakota's really fun in this, I've seen that move or that that Virgin vibe from Dakota. Yeah. I haven't seen Sonoya Mizuna do something yeah, like that. So no, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I think because I already mentioned my number two is after Yang. Yeah. We're at arts number one. My number one of Sundays. Oh, should we get to honorable mentions before we get into number Let's one? Let's do some yeah, honorable mentions. Yeah, my number two is after Gang, just to clarify that. My but. number two would have been Genius, my number one, Doc. Yeah, so what are what are your honorable mentions from some Your number two was Am I Okay? Uh, some of the ones that we have not mentioned so far here, I think... You mentioned Annie? Did no, I haven't. No one mentioned Annie, but it's very good. I'll have you talk about it because I thought it was good, but I think you guys liked it a little bit more than I did. Uh, Nanny is just one of those, um, it's really gut-wrenching. You've got somebody who is working um, so hard to kind of send money back to her family uh, in uh, 
Senegal. 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 Um, And she's kind of, she's a nanny, obviously, for this family. So she's, her job to try to take care of her own kid is to take care of someone else's kid. And then Mm -hmm. there's this weird dynamic with the family where the mom's really flighty. The dad's kind of checked out. um, She never knows when she's getting paid. And they think it's just okay not to pay her for like... (laughs) Weeks at a time. Yeah, um, there's this, this consistent lack of respect for just her personhood. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Um, and then it, it just kind of turns into um, like this horror story mm-hmm. as like uh, different aspects of like her culture start kind of um, kind of rolling in to what her life is, and then it just ends on this this gut punch. It's an yeah. absolute gut punch of an ending that I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me? The, <laughs> holy shit!" Um, but it's uh, I feel like. For, for a bit, I feel like some people weren't appreciating it, but I've noticed the reviews have started going up mm-hmm. and up, so I think the right crowd is seeing it, and people yeah. are actually willing to look into what the story is trying to do. Exactly, because it's not the most penetrable lore, or, or like, it's got some uh, folklore elements yeah. that are a bit, like, I feel like an outsider watching yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which is fair, nice. given that it's also a movie about an outsider. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I think... So much of this movie is so striking, and I think the emotions are really present there. Uh, the cinematography is yeah, unreal yeah. in this. There's just some there's some shots in there's this one. Uh, I also really liked Anna Diop in the lead performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah she no, she was, she was great. Yeah. Uh, I guess some of the other horror ones that I would say because I think this year was just really good for horror. It was. The Watcher yeah. uh, continues to have Micah. Yeah, that's one. That's one. Followed of by ones. people who should not be uh, following her. Yeah. And I will say that while it was a pretty slow burn, I really liked the way that that was built up. Speaking of devs, that would have been the boyfriend yeah. from Devs who plays her husband here. Yeah. I thought it was a beautifully shot movie that's paced very tensely yeah. uh, and to me it never became redundant I actually really like what it built up to so I would highly recommend yeah, Launcher if I, you want to see it I agree with that one too I also think it kind of puts you in this position where you start questioning what she's seeing whether or not what she's interpreting or well. if she's doing things that because every once in a while something would happen not to blame her but I was just kind of like if this person is actually stalking you you just did the worst possible <laughs> thing you could have done in this situation and it's still not on you if anything happens right. but it's just like it just sets off like alarm bells in your head when, when certain things happen, uh, and then you're just kind of waiting to see like is this happening? Is and I'm you know it, like what what is it building up to in, in its conclusion? And I really do think that it like nails the ending. One day Michael um, will be able to just sit down. Yeah, <laughs> um, big fan. Of but there was the whole run of hatching, which I thought had some of the best prosthetics, and mm-hmm. I really love the story there between the mom and the daughter. Mm-hmm. Speak no evil, which y'all haven't caught yet, oh, but I can't wait for to. That is another one dealing with a family who meets up with another couple and uh let's just say they were hanging out together the same way we were hanging out but they don't like each other the same way we like each other again another one with parents needing to learn how to say no but i think one that's also on your list would be you won't be alone yeah Mm -hmm. i I really like this one uh focus features is film distributed by focus features presented but yeah are we sure it was focus features i couldn't tell from the watermark you couldn't focus on the feature because of the focus feature yeah exactly uh but yeah i thought this was a really interesting interesting mm. kind of different approach to a witch tale yeah and again what yep. it means to be human type, type yeah thing, or what it means to exist honestly right yeah. uh i i keep running uh, resorting back to the thing that i read on twitter that this is terrence mallet's yeah. version of an a24 film yeah yeah because it's you know it takes the story of a witch who trans is able to sort of transform from body to body or yeah. like occupy different bodies mm-hmm. and it's instead about being Instead of a be, it being about the horror of that and that setup, it's 
about her discovering the world through yeah, these different the horror people. of not yeah. being touched before, yeah, exactly. right? Uh, and it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, it yeah it's is, kind of interesting. Is, yeah. yeah d- d- again, another film that's just about life and what it means to be alive. Mm-hmm. And, but handling it from a different perspective, I thought it was beautifully shot. Yeah. I kind of, it's such a weird bag that I didn't get into it right away. And by the end, I was really taken with it. it yeah. I want to visit it again, kind of knowing where it's going. Yeah, um, we probably shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been our first one in the morning when people yeah. are walking around getting coffee, making breakfast. So we're <laughs> like, what did that, did that just happen? Yeah, and then like we all just kind of slowly got more immersed as it was going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was solid. And then the two that, uh, one brought me to tears practically. It's the only one of the fest that did it. House Made of Splinters, a very sad documentary. Very yeah. When it says orphanage in the in the summary, it's best to leave it. Yeah. Uh, and happening. Uh, that one will be coming out in mm. May. I know that that won the Golden Lion at Venice. I know it may also be shortlisted for an Oscar, if I'm not mistaken, for international. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not. But nonetheless, I, I would put it on your radar. Another one that was a difficult watch, but uh, really, really good. Yeah. Awesome. Any honorable mentions, Amanda? Yeah. Um, uh, Malte Um. Uh, yeah. The Brazilian actually, film. Yeah. It was uh, It was really good. It's just kind of how this family's operating and, and different goals kind of framed around like the, the son wants to be on the first Mars, the Mars One exploration mm-hmm. mission. But it's just everybody in the family kind of has a different dynamic. So you kind of follow the, the father when he's at work and the mother thinking that she's cursed and it's for good reason yeah. and then like the daughter kind of like getting into her own own life and, and establishing independence and then the son trying to like express to his father that he doesn't want to do the thing his father has set up mm-hmm. for him so much and I thought it was just like a really nice story of this family and it ends really beautifully it's like yeah. there's so much different conflict amongst the family and it even it really goes to like really extreme levels in what this family kind of has to go through but then it just ends in a really tender way <laughs> so I like that one a duel was fun uh, I'm gonna. I gotta look at that quick to make sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't giving anything away. But yeah, it's basically this movie where um, if you are like terminally ill or dying, you can have a dual, a duplicate of yourself made so that your family doesn't have to deal with you not living. Yeah. Yeah. Very. We Riley, a lot writing on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Riley Stearns a lot, right? and I think he yeah. does this interesting thing with his dialogue. That's kind of mm-hmm. this Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, esque stilted. It's more Eisenberg they, than anything. They all, stand, they they all sound like robots. They, they sound yeah, especially because you strip the emotion out of it. Yeah, to it's try and analytical. Yeah, you, you try to like make it sound like by taking all the emotion out of it. I think you can highlight the absurdity of certain interactions, yeah. um, which is weird in this alternate reality yeah, kind of setup. Exactly. But I think it was it was inventive and and. And interesting enough and funny enough that yeah. I, this is definitely one that I had in mind. Yeah, you don't got it higher than Falter. No, I, I defense right. I preferred those two. Movies. I, do, I agree, yeah. but, but I, yeah. I like this. Yeah, I think this needed something different in the ending. Something happens towards the end, and I was like, for real, <laughs> homie, really? But for sure. Other than that, real good. Um, Eight nine two was another mm. one uh, I really liked. Uh, hit emotionally. It's dealing with a real life story that I didn't realize until the end. But it's a veteran who's. Um, been denied his $892 from the VA uh, and kind of goes to to rob a bank and it's not because he wants the bank's money he wants to make a statement he wants the money he wants the money that he's owed that's his money mm-hmm. uh, and it's really heartbreaking but very incredible like really great performance from everybody uh, that's in that bank uh, John Boyega and I'm totally blanking on her name Nicole uh, Bahari, Bahari, Bahari. Yeah, Bahari and then um, yeah the, the the girl who's in Orange is the New Black was also great, but yeah, really stand-up performances from, from like, it's very low performances. Um, who's the, who's the 
Like Michael Williams. Williams. Yeah, him. Yeah. He's always great. He's always fantastic. Just really great performances, really kind of like gut-wrenching yeah. experience. So that's definitely in uh, my honorable mentions. And then I think Arts mentioned everything else, and I think one of my other ones is going to be on your list. So. Cool, cool. Uh, we've mentioned a lot of my honorable mentions. I don't think we have yet mentioned these two documentaries. Tantura, which is a really compelling uh, collection of interviews and testimonies uh, about a period that many people have chosen to not look at and not uh, spend time revisiting. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most interesting films about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict I've ever seen. Uh, Moving, emotional, very, very vital. Um, It speaks to so much of the frustration uh, around even discussing yeah. uh, what what happened in some of these situations. Great so, Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, great way to start your morning. Yeah. So I thought Tentura was excellent, and I also really love Territory, a uh, film we, we was on our radar because it's produced by Darren Aronofsky. I think what's really cool about this is the way that it takes you into these indigenous communities, and uh, the film is actually like kind of co-produced by these indigenous yeah. communities, so you're able to really get like the inside uh, perspective and seeing how they deal with this increasing threat to their lands, to these you know sacred Amazon uh, protected forests, it, uh, rainforests, it's it's really stunning to see how they are able to tr- try to step stave off this threat. And time um, picked this one up too, so you know mm. that they're gonna have a good release for it because mm-hmm. it was shot beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also shot by the people there. Yeah, oh, yeah. All their equipment. That was one of the things that really resonated with us. Yeah, yeah. Really, really interesting documentary. So uh, one of my favorites from the festival. But should we get to our favorite film? Yeah. Mine is After Yang, which is right off of these two. Oh, okay. Here, Kogonada had one of my yeah. favorites in Columbus just a few years back mm-hmm. when we probably came to our first Sundance, if not our second Sundance. Uh, loved that movie. Loved Haley Lou Richardson in it. She's, She's back so over here. Again, along with Colin Farrell, they broke down the plot. It's just a very interesting way of looking at a family grieve yeah. over, uh, I guess, a product that they purchased. But with the <laughs> but pockets the that they get into, uh, very, you know, AI-centric. You know, this idea of, like, Detroit with the game on these yeah. machines that you buy. How much rights do they have? At what point does it maybe reach consciousness and then decides that's not really the important part. We're not Westworld over here. And it yeah. really focuses in on the family. It is beautifully shot. Like you put it, I love when you set yourself in the future, create all the technology yeah. and then just do this with it. Because yeah. that's yeah. how you touch the technology right. that you have mm-hmm. in your everyday lives. Yeah. There is so much to dig deep into this movie. I want to know the characters more. There's a whole mm-hmm. damn dance competition yeah, the movie begins that. with. I love that so Barely much. touched on. Barely yeah, touched. Because it's literally just to establish that, like, oh, there's something wrong. He's not stopping dancing. <laughs> He's keep going. Uh, no, I absolutely adored this movie. Yeah. I heard that there is a different cut. Maybe that could just be. Uh, it was longer in Yeah, else. they're saying that it was 101 minutes at But we haven't heard like exactly what's cut here. yet. I want more. I don't give a damn. Yeah. This, this <laughs> is beautiful. Those I thought are, it was fantastic. Uh, the whole cast and crew is really great in it, mm-hmm. and I uh, can't wait to see more about it. I just, I, I've heard very little discussions from Coconada so far because I know it's based off of a story. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, between this and uh, the the Kanye doc, I got two four and a halfs already, and on rewatches they may both be fives. So. Yeah. It's a yeah. really good beginning of the year. Yeah, really yeah. good. Very, very strong movie. Yeah, reasons on There's a good reason that it's on all three of our lists. Yeah, I love it. All right. Amanda, you're number one. Well, you already have it pulled up there because I'm predictable. <laughs> Cha-cha, real smooth. I don't know what it was about this movie specifically, but this hit me so hard. Like, it had me, and then there's this conversation between Cooper, Rafe, 
Dominic's character and Dakota Johnson's character, Dominic. Yeah. And they, they're just talking about depression and, mm-hmm. like, whether or not, like, what it means to be happy. And the last time they remembered being happy and different things like that. And it was just so genuine and honest. And that, like, I started crying there. And then I just kept going. Um, if Shithouse was his, like... I'm going off to college and I miss my mom. This is, I've graduated college and I love my mom, you know? And it's just like trying to process, uh, what do you do once you graduate? It's like trying to figure out what you do for a career. Um, And I think it's kind of described as like, he's spent so much time, he's the party starter for everyone else, doesn't know how to be the party starter for himself type thing. uh, Until he kind of figures his shit out. Um, And I just really also, so his performance is great. I definitely think it's better than in Shithouse. Mm -hmm. From that, from then to now, you just see how much he's improved. Um, And I thought this was like a really good role for Dakota Johnson. Like this was kind of a little bit different from her normal wheelhouse Mm -hmm. because she's like basically kind of a single mom, but not really. But um, so just, I don't know. It was like very good. I don't know when when I went into it, I expected her to kind of be a different character Mm -hmm. than she was. Um, but yeah, this just hit me emotionally on so many levels. Um, I'm so excited to see it again. Uh, it charmed the hell out of me. He's a very honest person. I think that's kind of what we've established. The way he tells his movies feels so genuine and honest that it stops it from being cringe. Yeah. It stops it from being I think it's because he embraces it. It's not that it stops yeah. from being cringe. It's that he has so no honest. problem stopping there yeah. or making it weird. He goes so fully into it. He's like, I know you've felt this awkward emotion. Yeah. So I know that you... I've also been in the position of saying something you didn't really mean, but you yeah, can't take it back as out exactly. there. I know it's cringy how much I love my mom, but guys, I, I really, really love, love my mom. mom. Yeah. So he just exactly. doubles down on it. Ugh. Yeah, and that sweetness is also kind of paired with a with a little bit of meanness in parts too. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I think just like a realistic amount that also keeps them from being like so like ee, like yeah, a, yeah. Like Brady Bunch or whatever. Exactly. You know? yeah. Like you have to a little bit have a little bit of nastiness to make the uh, lighter moments yeah. feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> All right. So my number one of Sundance. Uh, you know, it's it's honestly hard for me to just pick one movie because I like you were saying. I feel like I have so many mm-hmm. like four star films from this festival, mm-hmm. and I kind of have. Everything that's in my top seven is sort of on a tier. I don't know if I want to put this one necessarily higher than the rest. Dude, it's mm-hmm. summer and go for it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> James Ponsolt? No. Um, and it would be a lot... It would be very helpful if I could find it in this list on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll, I'll just keep scrolling it while I talk about it. It's Jesse Eisenberg's When You Finish Saving the World. There we go. Uh, it's got... The title in big letters, you figure it'd be easier for me to find it. When you finish Saving the World, I don't know, man. I thought this was... uh, We we started our festival off with this one, Mm -hmm. and it kind of filled me with electricity. You were talking about how you just had, like, an emotional response to having an emotional response again. Yeah. And, like, I kind of had a little bit of that with this movie, where it was just so exciting to, to get a new... uh, To to see a movie for the first time with un... Unaffected uh, by other people's reviews, yeah. and just really respond to it. Really respond to it aesthetically. Really respond to what the story is trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very unique perspective on a, a modern type of narcissism. That you know, it, it's maybe kind of like a light narcissism, and even if the characters that they're depicting are heavy, leaning into that aspect, 
it's something that resonates throughout society. I think everybody can kind of feel like they they maybe have a little bit of that narcissism in them in different respects, even if it's not crippling them the way yeah. that it does the central mother mother son relationship in this. Um, I thought it was really charming, really thoughtful, funny in parts too. Mm-hmm. The performances from Julianne Moore and Phil Wolfhart are really really good here. And uh, what we've talked about when in our little review of it is that it kind of ends in this really yeah. sweet perfect place. It does, yeah. Um, yeah, and I love when a movie can tie the bow around it like that and it just sort of it felt kind of like a perfect little package I I was I was like pacing the room when we saw this I was so excited you're ready to watch it again yeah you're ready to skip everything yeah uh, I have it as my number 12. It, it uh, I had it really high up as well. Yeah. Uh, still stuck in there and being in my top 15 but unlike a couple of the other ones like Lenore Ended up staying there was a little stronger for me, but this is one where I want to sit with the book because now in yeah. retrospect and when I think about it, I was like, I feel like I'm still missing the other two thir- thirds of the story, and I'm yeah. curious to see how that builds up because this mm-hmm. the story that we get here uh, is just like the the third part of the audio book, mm-hmm. um, so I'm curious to see how much more that expands uh, all his vocabulary too because I know Tara Lift was something that he invented <laughs> that he believes the kiddos would be saying in 2032. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think usually when, when a f- movie tries to invent fin- fake slang, it, it doesn't really work for it me. It worked for his character. It worked for his character. The man's wearing his own merch on his beanie on his mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know. So it's like he's almost trying to pitch his own slang. Exactly. It's not caught on. It's he's not. trying to make it. It's yeah, literally like, yeah. stop trying to make fetch happen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Except fetch caught on. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah. Really great movie. I'm, I, I was a little disappointed to see that it got a bit of a divided reaction, but that, you, can't, you can't win everybody you over. Mm-hmm. I do like it. Like I said, for me, it's just certain aspects went oh, too yeah. far where I was just kind of like, no! <laughs> but you were still positive on it. I there was, was a bunch yeah. of people who are negative yeah, on it, which I was... Hate it, yeah. I, you know, I was so electric after seeing that, and yeah. I, I immediately go to Lighterbox and it's like, what? what? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really strong Sundance. Ricky, in the mm-hmm. comments below, asked us what we thought of... It being digital again. I mean, Love we it. had a fun time with yeah. it. Great. It, it. You can kind of fit in more in less time. Like mm-hmm. usually, yeah. Sundance itself runs until like if the you full physically th- don't have to run somewhere. Else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and there is a charm to waiting in the lines yeah. and going to the theaters. But like, there's also a charm to waking up and making coffee while it's playing on a screen and having yep. a theater room and being able to like get other work done yeah. in between things it's and not having to travel to Sundance. Yeah. Not everybody has the ability mm-hmm. to come all the way over here, yeah. mm-hmm. taking the time out and all that. It's already mm-hmm. enough for some people to catch it as screeners. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the ability that people are able to watch it. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. I think we all hope that the festival Sorry. will at least stay hybrid. hybrid yeah. um, you know, our original plan, we, you know, we're obviously in Utah because we plan to do this in person. But even though we plan to do it in person, I, we plan to have a couple days yeah, we did. where we didn't we go in person. We had tickets ready to purchase. Exactly. Yeah, we had our plans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we also, you know, we were we liked the idea of doing a couple days in person and then a couple days digital because yeah. it gets yeah. hard to do it in person after day after day. And you can't fit in so much doing it digitally the way that we do. Yeah. Um, or just switch things around on a whim. Like, I don't feel like watching a really heavy doc right now. Let's swap to something, switch else, to something else, you know? Yeah. The hybrid thing is cool because not just of the accessibility, but the fact that you have more movies that will get the chance. And it doesn't get rid of the ad showings. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people's worry is that if you give people the option, they're only going to go one way. I think we've had several movies that have come out in the last blockbuster year that proved that wrong. Mm-hmm. And with these as well, I think stuff would have sold out 
they yeah. were kind of already selling out for yeah. some of the showings. Uh-huh. And especially, you know, with the COVID and cutting it in half, people would have still gone to the theater. And I yeah. think some people are worried that the hybrid model takes that away. I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. You know, I think Sundance had the perfect idea before where it would be, you know, you have your premiere screening. You're in person first. And yeah. then the next day it's available digitally. Like, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would have been great. Yeah. Hopefully they, they just go right back to that next yeah. year, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, we were also talking about whether or not this will continue into the future. My point to you before was like, Sundance had to do this shift 13 days before the festival started. Yeah. And if they didn't already have the infrastructure to have a digital festival, it might have been a disaster. Yeah. It, it might just be the smart move for these festivals to have a backup. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We, we hope it can continue digitally, even though it's really fun to be in person. And it is. I did miss that a little bit too, even, yeah. this, even though this was a really great experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the festival awards will be out tomorrow at 3 p.m. Mountain? Yep. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two hours later, right at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, all of those awards that are announced will be in a schedule, and you'll be able to purchase those tickets. So I don't know if either of you had any thoughts on what might win the big categories here. We have uh, them broken down into the different sections, including some special jury prizes, although you know a lot of this stuff changes year to year, so yep. we'll, we'll see what they ultimately end up selecting. I think the thing that we all feel most confident in oddly enough, is the big prize of the festival. It's the big sale to Apple already. Yes, cha-cha, Last baby. year, Coda was Coda. the big sale to Apple. They won both the audience and the U.S. Dramatic yeah. Grand Jury Prize. Uh, I, I'm really rooting for Cha-Cha there. Yeah. I think that out of all the ones that the U.S. Dramatic has, Cha-Cha is the one to take it. Yeah. And I don't even think it comes close to anything else. I mean, there's a chance that maybe with Emergency... I could see it. Maybe but. getting like the audience one, but yeah. I, I think Cha Cha captured the hearts of a lot of people who are watching online. I think it and, resonates with a lot of people mm-hmm. just what it's about, you know? I, I think they definitely are going to have the. And there's this, spot there. there's this developing Cooper Rafe hive out there. I too. am like shocked at how much I love that man for not having anything in common with him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Connor is asking Is After Yang eligible for any of the awards? I don't believe so. I don't think so because it's a spotlight. So the spotlight is usually a handful of movies that have premiered elsewhere. That they want to play here, yeah. um, but it could get like a special prize. Didn't if I'm not it mistaken, get the Alfred Sloan Award. Uh, after Yang did get the Alfred P. Sloan Award, which previously has gone to movies like Tesla, Searching, uh, and that's really like a scientific award. So, yeah. uh, out of all the ones that we've seen, there could have been some other good choices. After Yang's also my favorite, yeah. so yeah. obviously I think it's a good one for it to yeah. go to. Yeah. I love those Alfred P. Sloans usually. <laughs> Searching was also a number one for me, so yeah. Yeah. it is possible one. to get a special jury prize. Um, which means that After Yang will be playing because there is an Alfred P. Sloan slot. Mm-hmm. So you do have a chance, but it won't be for these kind of like big awards that you see yeah. that Zach has up right now. Yeah. What about the U.S. documentary competition? You and I caught a lot of these. Well, okay. What do you think is going to be the juries and what do you think is going to be the audiences? To me, yeah, I think it's down to Fire of Love and Descendant. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I see that too. Um, I feel like Fire of Love for sure is probably the audience award, although the audience award sometimes goes in weird directions. It can. But like... I think the audience word tends to go to the ones that aren't huge issue documentaries, right? And this is one that is kind of just a delight, even Uh though it ends in some tragedy. There is a chance Aftershock or Jihad Rehab could get it. We have not seen Jihad. Been hearing great things about Jihad Rehab. I would not mind Aftershock getting it either, but uh, right now my money's on the Sun and Fire of Love, Mm. either splitting it or going somewhere, but we'll see. Many times we are surprised. Yeah. World Cinema Dramatic. Can you read some of the films from that category and some of the things that we think might be I think some of uh, our favorites right now would be You Won't Be Alone or Lenore Will Never Die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian and Charles Need to Stay at Home. Dos Estaciones <laughs> is pretty decent. 
But I know you guys are rooting for either Girl Picture or Marta Um. So this, honestly, I, to me, this is one of the most open ones because they really so. go anywhere depending yeah. on what they uh, resonated with the, mo- the yeah. most. I want Lenore. Yeah, I, I would see something. Good. I have to see it. Anything. I actually would pick Lenore from the options you just listed nice. out. Uh, although I liked, I liked you won't be home alone. Uh, you won't it? be alone. You won't be alone mm-hmm. a lot. I wonder if that it already has focus features is maybe a hindrance or maybe it's not. Mm. I feel like many times, sometimes is, but I don't know. I think Lenore would be a really cute one to see. Los Estaciones, that was also a pretty decent movie. But I also think that Lenore is probably a, a better pick in the audience award because it's so delightful. But that or maybe Girl Picture. See it, yeah, you know, and that's where it really comes down to. Yeah. Because again, Klondike and Utama and even Marta Um, which you guys did see, are all movies that have also been getting a lot of uh, uh, similar buzz in yeah. terms of that category. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we got world cinema documentary. A lot of tearjerkers a lot in this of good category. Ones, man. This is the one that has a house made of splinters, that orphanage dog Jeez. that I told you that's pretty sad. I had just begun All That Breathes. It's literally about how the pollution is so bad, and these dudes take care of birds. Dope. Yeah. That sounds that's crazy. crazy. Like a great time. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach was talking about the territory and Tantura, two movies that, yeah, rightfully so. If those get announced, I'm not gonna bat an eye. Mm-hmm. We're about to end the festival here as a group. We keep making this joke that we're in our final movie. Then there's only 20 more, <laughs> but our final one is gonna be the mission, mission. Uh, which is about Mormons going over, I believe, to Finland, if I'm not mistaken. So that one could even be it. Bet my money's on We Met in Virtual Reality. I think that this one does a lot of very interesting things in terms of not only with the way that it's shot, the stories that it's covering, uh, but I think he has some really good direction in this, and I think it would be really cool to award this one because it's only world because it's in the UK, but technically right. it's not even in the world. It's virtual. Yeah. It's in the virtual world, which yeah. is a big part of what the movie breaks down. Yeah, I, I think We Met in Virtual Reality feels like a front runner for audience because, you know, again, a, a lot of these are very mm-hmm. tough documentaries and that is just like mostly pleasant even though there's some people, stuff can, relate to it, yeah. people can relate to it but the jury dude the jury any of these yeah the jury could really pick any single one even of those nothing compares you ended up liking nothing compares I liked the, nothing compares to O'Connor doc which I thought was really good yeah I'm gonna put Tantura and the territory because I feel like that maybe one of those three between that those two in virtual territory. reality I think it's territory you think it's territory maybe yeah we'll see, we'll see. It's, it's tough it's it's gonna be a uh, competitive category for mm-hmm. sure Oh yeah, other random. Just Navalny. That, that oh, just came out. Yeah, yeah. Was well, actually, is it a special screening or is well, that? What I don't think that that is considered a premiere. Doc. Okay. So mm. because it's a premiere doc, I'm not exactly sure. What it's it excellent. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Because at that point, that uh, yeah, also opens that. up Genius. It also opens up mm-hmm. uh, La Guerra Civil and all of these other things. So I don't think the premieres necessarily. Yeah. I just wanted to mention it too, that. just because we hadn't and. <laughs> Because it's like we watched that, then started this, but like really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other prizes that you wanted to talk about or you think might happen? The, maybe the next Innovator Award? Uh, so the next Innovator Award was interesting because this is a category that's, you know, uh, there's a joke for it. It's either it's next because they're doing the next thing that's up, or it's next because you watch this movie and you're like, next! Yeah. <laughs> you gotta move on to the next one. Four of these were docs, bro. Oh, wow. And you were really yeah. surprised. Yeah, because the next category could be anything. Yeah, it's just it a can. different type of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to call it the double IPAs of the movie industry. Mm-hmm. And we had something in the dirt, which I think you and I are cheering yeah. for, yeah. but there was the hybrid docs, like Mija. Mm-hmm. There was the hybrid, well, not really hybrid, but an archival docs, experimental with Riotsville. Uh, we're still missing a couple here, but... 
I hope it goes with something in the dirt. I'd go with yeah. something in the dirt. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's very clear for me. That was the one that was a clear standout in terms of the next innovator. But yeah. they really like to look at uh, who did something very, very, very different. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riotsville was kind of interesting in that aspect. Yeah, and I mean, got a little of the cathedral, which just mm-hmm. focused on items. Right. But that could be something they love, too. Yeah, this was maybe not the most daring next selections that, that we've seen yeah, in some days. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. In, in fact, like... If we met in virtual reality was actually next, it might have a better shot in here than, mm-hmm. than some of the other ones we saw. We saw. Uh, I guess just some of the side ones. I will say that in terms of cinematography, I was yeah. I thought it was really cool that there was a. Uh, uh, I don't think you'd be the biggest fan of it, but Blood had some really mm-hmm. interesting cinematography that I thought yeah. looked beautiful. Uh, I would love to see that one maybe get a nomination. I had one for editing that I really enjoyed, and I don't. I can't remember which one yeah. it was because I believe once you get into directing, screenwriting, editing, and cinematography, those can come from whatever group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll have a more in-depth list yeah. uh, later on. But out of the big awards, I'm hoping that they're able to divide them. I don't want anything to really sweep, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And we're just really excited for the special prizes because we always just love when it's a special jury award for watching a movie at home in VR. For auteurist yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's always exciting to see where the juries end up. It'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll comment it on a little bit. Uh, we're still going to do our Sundance recap video, hopefully Monday. We'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's mostly it. I mean, how, how have you felt about your Sundance experience where we're coming to an end? Uh, really good. Like, not yeah. that it's coming to an end necessarily, but yeah. I listened to some really great movies. I'm yeah. really happy, you know? I, I Like, again, like, I'm... I'm feeling great. Yeah. There's a lot that I'm really excited to watch again, which is always a great feeling. That's good. So, yeah, I'm really yeah. happy. I'm happy this we year. We put several of them on. You were ready to watch the. Well, you were watching Genius again. <laughs> I was yeah. doing some cooking, so we rewatched Genius. Yeah. You were watching <laughs> the, the robot, Charles and Brian, too. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think that we have a really good lineup that came out with it. And I love the fact that uh, it continues to show Sundance. Last year, they had quadrupled their viewers. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want them to see that this is a model that can continue to be there. Even if you have to have some premieres just yeah. be theatrical, yeah. that you could still have so many of these smaller movies. It does become a two-edged sword, and you know, are they only going to be virtual? But I think people end up finding them, and I think that's the best part of this yeah. festival. Yeah. A lot of great stuff. I felt really energized being here, especially mm-hmm. with you, you guys. And like, just it's fun to watch these movies. It's fun to be able to yeah. discuss them and everything. So, it was a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, we can keep doing stuff like this. But it was I, the last one, bro. It was, it was <laughs> yeah, good. Good to go out on a good one, though. Um, but I guess that's just about all for this edition of Intercut. Yes, Thanks sir. for hanging with us. If you caught the stream, if not, uh, hopefully you got us later in the week. We'll be back next week some, with some more Sundance thoughts. I don't have my full outro here, so I'll, I'll just say uh, follow Amanda. You know where to find her Amanda the Jedi stuff. <laughs> you know where to find art at Let Me Explain stuff. I'm, I'm Zach Shevich. I'll have all that stuff in the description down below. Uh, keep watching Intercut. And until next time, we'll see you at another hybrid. Let's go.